Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change, the podcast that will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. It is good to be here with Effective Heart Change. We're kind of flipping back and forth. I, with Dale, I've kind of recounted the uh, old radio program, and I always used to start off with, it is good to be here, so welcome. Well, it is definitely good to be back here after that little uh, COVID deal that I had to go through. Thankfully, the Lord took care of me, and everything's all right, so I'm glad to be back and uh, functioning again. Back in the saddle, ready to go. Right. So what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about, again, still the spiritual flows, the pathways, and, and really what I, when I talk about pathways, it's, it's about moving from a place of weakness or struggle to God's intended end, to a place of strength. So that's what we talked about, everything from rebellion to bitterness to, you know, we're looking at all these different things that tend to be struggles. How do you transform that struggle to a positive place? And so today's is, is going to focus on one, and, and the word that I would use would be idolatry, except nobody understands the word idolatry. Or they only think about it being uh, bowing down to some carved image or something. Right. And so that's how we think about the word idolatry. So I've actually named it selfish ambition. Because in a modern world, that's really what it looks like. And so if you look at the positive, let's, let's start there just so that we do that. Some people have the ability to focus on accomplishments, goals, attention to detail. If you're one of these people who is a really focused person, and I'm going to include get her done kind of a person, then you get that kind of a focus and you start pushing toward a goal. And a lot of times what happens then, uh, people become objects along the way, you know, and you've heard the phrase of uh, use things and love people. Well, after a while, you begin to love the goal and you start using people and then things become manipulated and twisted and the priorities get wrong. And so it all, it doesn't work well at that point. So to make sure I'm understanding correctly, you're not saying there's anything wrong with having ambition or or having drive, but it's when that kind of just perverts a little bit and becomes drive at the expense of everything else. Is that? Notice the first word, selfish. Right. Uh, If you go back to love, which should be the goal of everything. If you go back to love, which is caring about the common good, that selfish ambition, I'm no longer caring about the larger goals. If you take it into a corporate world, when a corporate world becomes selfish, when it becomes all about the bottom line and the profit, now I'm going to abuse employees or I'm going to cheat the system or I'm going to do a lot of different things. If, if a corporation has drive in a positive sense, it benefits the employees. It produces a product that's good for, uh, for people, and, and it benefits everyone. That can be done in a way that's, that's very healthy and, and that's very good. Or it can be done in a way that's all about the dollar and the bottom line, and, and greed begins to take over. And so the word selfish is very important in that whole picture. 
sounds like you're almost advocating for socialism or a communism of some kind, because it sounds like selfish ambition is basically capitalism. What are you, what is, where are you at on that spectrum? In a sense, I was talking about that. In a sense, I was talking about what people talk about, greedy capitalism right. a lot of times. And, and if, well, can capitalism be anything but the greedy? Because if profit is driving it, isn't that Actually, a good friend of mine uh, runs a company that's that's excellent, and he actually gives, you know, he, the company, gives millions almost, I mean, major dollars back into a missions-type help people around the world. It's very much a team concept just because, I, that's why I said, take, a word, take away the word selfish. Ambition is needed to move forward, period. And there's nothing wrong in my mind with wanting to turn a profit, especially if you take that profit and you invest it back into the company, you invest it back into the employees, you invest it back into profit, I mean, into product in a way to improve product and, and to do that. Capitalism is neither good nor bad. A lot of times I say, and this kind of blows people away, Probably the most efficient governmental system in the world would be a benevolent dictator. If you had this benevolent dictator, this good-hearted dictator who was incredibly skilled and brought in the right kinds of people and et cetera, there's a slight problem with that. Virtually anybody who has that kind of power becomes corrupt within almost no period of time. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Okay. Same thing happens at a capitalistic level. When, when you have corporations that become too powerful and the bottom line becomes the dollar and et cetera, you can have this system that the system itself is neither good nor bad. But when you throw the word selfish in there, what could have been good becomes bad. And then if you go back to socialism and you flip that, is the socialism system better than the capitalist system, well, at some level, if you make everyone equal, you know, I, I, I love this in terms of they've done tests where, where they, uh, a college professor did this, where it's like, you know what, we're all going to work together and you all get A grade. Well, guess what happened? The people stopped pushing for achievement. You know, even, even think about this, even think about salvation. Why do we come to Christ? Almost everyone I know comes to Christ out of a selfish motivation of, I want this fixed. I want something better. God's okay with the fact that we press into him for a selfish reason to start with. But what do I say? You want to move from that selfish place to a godly place. You want to move from a child place where it's all about me to an adult place to where now I'm laying down my life for others. And I think the same thing is th true if, if you're talking about business models. If you've got a business model that is very greedy, very selfish, I don't care if it's more on the socialist end. Uh, what happens in socialist countries? They, you, you get graft. You get all kinds of things going on there. Just because you change system doesn't take away the selfish part, and it doesn't make it good. So it's, to me, it's more about what's the character? Are we walking in godly character? Are we walking in God, God's ways? And yes, at a personal level, just like we come to God because we expect a reward, we expect a benefit, 
I believe the capitalist system does pick up on that where, hey, I'm going to offer you a reward. I'm going to offer you a benefit. And you can do that in a healthy way that really works to the good of everyone. Or you can really turn it around and kind of tweak the system so that I'm motivated to cheat. I'm motivated to lie. I'm motivated to, to do whatever. We want as healthy a system as we can. And that comes back to the character of the people working in, inside of the system. And I think something you said in there was really important was the, the selfish modifier. And then you said, well, the way that I see it. In this day and age, we have so much of, well, it's my truth. It's what I interpret it as because I agree with you 100%. There are so many people out there that would say it doesn't matter how it functions because I'm saying it's selfish. That means it is selfish and it would be wrong. So where do we go to to get the definition of what that selfish becomes? Where do we find that line that doesn't change? And how can we actually explain that to somebody that, no, there is a line of what would make it selfish or not? Where do we go to change that? Obviously, that's a leading question. Just a little. Um, a little bit leading. Uh, and, and where you're headed is the Bible. And, and obviously, I believe in biblical truth. There are many people maybe even listening to this program, but there are many people who would look at that and they would just reject that in hand. So the word that I use is outcomes slash reality. Actions have outcomes. Decisions have outcomes. So even if you're going to say, well, you know, I'm rejecting biblical truth, then I'm going to come back and at least talk to you about outcomes. And I think you can generate. I I haven't seen a study like this for years, okay, and partially because they aren't doing them anymore. One of the studies, they were talking about the most sexually satisfied people were people who had been married and married over a period of years, et cetera. Well, they don't want to hear that. Sexual satisfaction is about I'm supposed to be able to experiment with whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want. Well, statistics actually matter when they're done in a realistic way, and, and if God has set something up that is going to generate the best possible outcomes, then maybe biblical truth is really true and does matter, because if you believe outcomes matter, there's a reality basis here, and it works. So when I have a system that becomes selfish, that becomes greedy, what happens? Everybody's at each other's throats, and and it's competitive in a way that's just sick and it's destructive. And, and how is that working out? And, and the answer is it's not. But when I have a system and, and I go back to the 60s and the 70s and all of a sudden the United States was getting beat badly by Japan in, in the auto industry and in different things. And so we went back to Japan and, you know, again, it's, it's United States is the Christian country. Japan is not a Christian country. We go back to Japan, and what do we find? Teamwork. Simple concept of teamwork. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, when it's this top-down force thing, bottom line, that wasn't as efficient as a more cooperative teamwork approach. Well, which of those would you say is more biblical? Promoting communication, cooperation, and teamwork, or you know what, a top-down, we're, we're going to produce this, the almighty, you know, et cetera. What was interesting, the supposedly non-Christian nation was actually operating in a manner that was closer to biblical principles than some of the industries in the United States. 
we learned from that, changed much of our approach and became more efficient because of it. So you, you come and you say, well, let, let's go to the Bible where all truth is. Yeah, I, I get that. But a lot of times people have supposed Christian covering and they're not really living out the stuff of the Bible. So, so they're getting outcomes that don't line up with what God would lay out. And I think that's why it's easy, Christian or otherwise, to fall into that selfish ambition. And that's not even if that is your main struggle point. When we're talking about that as a main struggle point for somebody, what is God's response to that selfish ambition that somebody might be dealing with on a regular response? You're going to love this one. He gives them what they want. You know, it's interesting. Psalm 106.15, it talks about that. It talks about how he basically, they, they were wanting something. He gave it to them, but then he sent leanness to their soul. You know, one of the best ways, if you've got someone who, who's got that selfish ambition, it's just like, I want it, I want it. You got a little kid who, I want it, I want it, I want it. A lot of times the best thing you can do is, okay, here, you give it to them. And in five minutes later, they realize that, oh, this wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. And a lot of times for them to get what they want and realize that it's just a hollow victory, well, guess what a, a typical selfish ambition person will do? Well, they'll just get up, find a different goal and go after that one. Well, somewhere along the line, hopefully they begin to realize I'm chasing the wrong thing. And that's really what it amounts to in, in the covetousness and the idolatry and the selfish ambition and all of that sort of stuff. At some point, I've got to realize wrong direction. You know, I, 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 Stephen Covey, one of, the, one of his books, he talks about, he, you know, here you've got You've got the differences in leadership, and you've got one group that's just trying to be really efficient, and they're, they're charting this way through the jungle, and they're, they're just working really fast, and they're moving along, but they're moving in the wrong direction. And it doesn't help too much no matter how quick exactly. you're going if it's the wrong way. <laughs> and then you get this other group that somebody ca- crawls up to a tall tree and looks around goes, oh, we need to go in this direction. Well, guess what? The group that's going slower actually goes faster than the group that's going faster. And a lot of times that's what happened with selfish ambition. I'm going faster, 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 and I'm all excited that I'm going faster and faster and faster, and oh, look at what I'm producing, and look at how it's happening. And suddenly you wake up one day and go, wow, where am I? Does that happen a lot in the, in the drug addiction community with the selfish ambition? Because when you said they're always going after the next thing, just from my limited experience, it seems like that is common? Am I right or am I totally off? I'm going to shift gears here. Okay. Uh, another part of this thing is manipulation. And so let's go back to idolatry. Why did people do idolatry? People did idolatry basically to manipulate God to get what they want because they thought if they could manipulate God to get what they want, then they would have a better life and they would be more satisfied. And that happens constantly in Christianity these days. You oh. can see that on half the channels out there that have those, uh, you know, wealth preachers on. Yeah. So in the drug community, that's, that's what I see more than anything else. It's all kinds of bargains, all kinds of manipulations, all kinds of games where they, they, they believe there's something out there they want. And so they're going for it and it may or may not be hollow. It, it, in most cases, it's, it's just a wrong, it's a wrong goal. Um, you know, 
a lot of times it's a relationship goal. You know, let's just start there. Well, two people have gone to treatment and they fall in love and they're going to have a perfect relationship. Well, right. the, the chance of that thing being successful is basically zero because A, you'll be attracted to people according to where you are spiritually. And B, you know, if you've got two unhealthy people, can two unhealthy people even have a relationship? And and, this isn't two wrongs can make a right case. No, sure. I mean, you can basically, you have, when you have two selfish people, let's, instead of unhealthy, let's go to selfish. All you can do is have mutually working relationships because the selfish person is going to try to get out of the other person what benefits them, and it goes both ways. We don't have a relationship at that point. We, we have this thing where mutually it's sort of working for a little bit. I mean, zero chance of having quality communication, quality commitment, quality connection. Even if they both are wanting sort of the same thing, it's only going to last for a, amount of time until all of a sudden those those paths diverge and they become their own. And then all of a sudden there's the divorce. So you get all kinds of manipulation techniques, pulls, pushes to try to get something that they, they think will satisfy them, that they think will make them feel better about themselves, feel better about life. And so you do, you get everything from relationship goals to job goals to getting the next high to whatever. I mean, there, there's just this, this grabbing to try to get a hold of something that will make me feel better about me and make me feel better about life. And, and so it does fit some of this same pattern, but it's a, obviously very different from a corporate world thing right. that we started with. Well, and when, if we go back to the more corporate world or more political arena, um, obviously selfish ambition is almost viewed as good because they, that person is, is viewed as motivated and driven and is the one that you want because they've got the energy that's going out there to get a goal accomplished. Is that an overall problem that we're seeing in our culture? Or have we kind of gotten away from the American dream in the, I want what's best because God has created me to do something? Have we gotten away from that? I mean, why is this such an issue today? We've talked a few times about at the political level, the word statesman. Uh, statesman, someone who actually still cares about the common good. Then you get in the political sphere to where it's so much more about me having power and me having prestige and et cetera. Well, that, that very much fits into the selfish ambition. So when people begin to be driven in that way, well, guess what? Nothing's ever good enough. Think about how many people try to run for president. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like 16, 20, 25. Um, are they really up there because they believe they're the best for the country? Maybe. Probably not, though. Or is it really more of a selfish ambition thing? And, and I want the power. I want the prestige. And so that, that, that lust for power and prestige and, and control is so incredibly strong. They get one office, they're not happy, they go for the next one. They get one amount of power, they're not happy, they go for the next one. And it just, it's one hollow victory after the next, and they just continue to scramble more and more. It just doesn't work at that point. Obviously, I'm not a politician. I'm not going for high office or anything, thankfully. 
what are we supposed to do if we notice these tendencies in ourselves? How do we, you know, curb that desire for selfish ambition? What, what's a good way to take stock of it? Let me go back to what I would consider its created purpose. God has created, let's go back to business for just a moment. There are entrepreneurs. If there weren't people who jumped out there, were willing to do the extra work, had a high desire, had a high drive, created businesses, there'd be a lot of people who didn't have jobs. We'd still be riding horses around, I'm sure. So God has created that special drive in people, and, and it's needful. It's needful for the good of society. At the church level, God's created, and we've, we've lost this concept. Maybe we would say missionaries or church planters, but God has created people with a special drive to go out and start a new church or go to a country and, and start a new work and, and reach out. And so you have the church planters. You have, you have that same need for people with that deep energy and drive. And, and as they come along, guess what? It brings all kinds of other people with them. God has done that. And there are people who that's, that's kind of their thing. But the big issue is for me to truly go back to what I said about the presidential election. Are you really called to do this, number one? Number two, are you keeping it within the boundaries God has set? So often, what happens? This one didn't satisfy me, so I'm going to go to the next one. And we, we just keep pushing those envelopes until, you know, I read a book, talked about that Almost everybody goes up the ladder to one level above their excellence. Because as long as they're excellent at one level, what do you do? Go up to the next one. You promote them to the next level. So almost everybody keeps moving up, 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 and they almost always go one level above what they were created for. And then, then life isn't good and they start blowing it and, and, and et cetera. So the word fit and am I within God's boundaries and understanding God's boundaries and understanding, is this the will of God for me? If it's the will of God and I'm in a place where God wants me to be, I can turn loose those creative energies and, and it really works for the good and I can partner with God and stay within what God wants. Wow, it's really cool stuff. But if at some point I'm going that one step beyond, which would be one step outside of what God wants for me, then it's no longer satisfying. It's no longer right. I'm using people. I'm, I'm not doing it God's way. I'm not doing within God's boundaries, and then I'm not satisfied. Well, what do we tend to do when we're not satisfied? We tend to press a little bit harder and try to force this thing in a way that it, it just becomes unhealthy. I want to do a shameless plug right now. We have the Making Room for God series that I think would actually speak to this topic because it does help us to see how we're supposed to be where the Lord wants us to be at or how to point us in that direction. Because of a lot of us, uh, if you're like me, I didn't really know how to do that. And so I was just throwing noodles at a wall and hoping something would stick. So I think that it might be useful if you guys go to youtube.com slash livefreemen and check out the Making Room for God playlist, and it might help point you in the right direction so that maybe we can curb this selfish ambition before it starts. And then if we are seeing that we're already in it, maybe we can help somebody get out of that. And, and that is Live Free Men, M-I-N, short for ministry. That's correct. We, we have to make that a lot of times people do the M-E-N, but no, it's not men, it's men, short for ministry. Yeah, this is for men and women equally because yes. everyone can uh, utilize this stuff. David, 
when we're going forward and finishing off this pathway series, is there any resources that you'd like to direct people to that maybe it can help them? Like they want some more info. Is there anything out there that we have through live free? Probably the best choice is just livefreeministries.com. If you go there, there's books, uh, there's obviously other videos, there's all of the different resources that we have. One of the books that I would mention is Releasing God's Life uh, Through the Hearts of Men. And in line with what we just talked about, that's meant to be generic. You know, this is not towards men, it's towards people. Uh, It's a deep book, complex. Some of these ideas actually really speak to this greater topic. It's interesting. I've, I've handed out just by way of ministry, I've handed out at a lot of different places, but one place in general I've handed out free has been in jails and a, the amazing number of people that come back and go, wow, that changed my life. You know, I, I got a new understanding of who I am and how I need to turn this thing around and, and, and get pointed in a new direction. So that book in particular gives you a detailed background uh, the Pathways series that we write about was meant to be a study guide uh, to that particular book. So if you're looking for something that really fits in that area, that that's a good book to grab a hold of. I know when I first came through and met you for the first time back in 2015, Pathways was really what caught my eye and what actually got my attention uh, long enough for me to start realizing, no, what I'm doing isn't right. And the reason for that is there are so many teachers out there. YouTube is full of them. And there's a podcast out there for anything that you want to hear. But what got me about the pathways and the way that you explain things is you took, because I'm always looking toward the Bible, and sometimes that's really hard to understand. You took principles that are based in the Word of God, and then you made it applicable in today's world without trying to be trendy, without trying to make catchphrases and cool things like that. You were able to just say, look, if you really want the truth, this is what you're dealing with. And in my case, it was a heavy dose of pride with Mm -hmm. a little bit of rebellion thrown in. (laughs) You said, do you want the truth of how God is going to react to this? And praise the Lord, I answered yes. And when you told me and you laid out how how God was responding, I was able to very clearly say, this guy knows what he's talking about. And it's not just because you have the intellect, which you do but it's because you've been listening and going where the Lord wants. So I really do want to make sure that people know this stuff is based in reality. It's also based in the Word of God, which I think is the best reality there is, but it applies to you no matter where you're at. And so if you have been listening to this podcast and you've had questions, you're always able to give us a call. You can find all of the contact information in our description below. You can reach out to us via the comments or email. But you can also just go to our website at livefreeministry.com and you can make a connection with us because we want to ultimately lead you into a place where you're able to live the best life that you can with one condition. We want you to live the best life that the Lord has placed in you and that purpose that he's given you. So David, I'm just grateful that you have allowed me to be here for this series and taking the time to help explain this to people. Um, We're thinking about maybe doing a little bit of a change and having some uh, new formats come in. Uh, Are you open to people sending in suggestions to the podcast to see what they would like to have? We'd love to have feedback. I I mean, I I don't want to scratch an itch that doesn't itch, so to speak. You know, I mean, we we really want to speak to people, A, in a way that can be heard, 
uh, but be with the kinds of things that need to be heard. And we have a crazy world right now that nobody knows how to respond to. I'm not sitting here with the answers of, okay, here it is, but I know God has the answers. And I know that as we, we pull together these principles, you know, when I, when I teach healthy principles and in the recovery program and, and everything's chaotic and you have those periods, you have those periods that it's absolutely blowing up. When you stay steady and you stand and you stand firm and you stay in healthy biblical principles, those things pass. If you don't stay steady, they blow up and everything disintegrates and it goes crazy. So learning to apply these on a steady basis over a, a period of time will make radical differences in people's lives. I've seen it. I know it. I didn't go into the recovery business just for the sake of recovery only. It was like, can these principles work in difficult situations? And at this point, we have a resounding yes. If they can work in the most difficult situation, I'm going to tell you they can work in every situation. And, and what we do is we take basic Christian principles, lay them out in a healthy, measured, logical God-directed way, and it works. And, and that's what I want to give people out there, that there is hope in a world that seems to have no hope. There are principles, there are foundations that work. Now, I'm not offering a quick fix. But if you get in this and you stay in it over a longer period of time, it works. And I also think it's important for people to know that you're not offering that they're going to get better if they buy this from you or if they send money for this, because that's not the way that we operate. There are so many people out there peddling false hope. If you just send them $10, if you just buy this book, you're going to be all right. That's not the case. This is ultimately a ministry. And if you look at our channel, all of our stuff is available for free. We don't ask for your money because we think this is important. Now, if you do want to support the ministry. All, all but the books. We do, we do sell books. <laughs> well, I think we're allowed to do that. At the end of the day, what we want to make sure that you guys that are listening know is that we actually are here for you. We have been very fortunate that during this time of uncertainty, the Lord's provided through donors, through people that have come up and helped us get grants so that we can bring even more content at zero cost to you to be able to hear and know that the Lord cares about you and that he wants something better for you. Doesn't mean he wants you rich. Doesn't mean he wants everything to be perfect, but he has a purpose. David, if somebody out there is listening and they just know that you're right, God does have a purpose for me, but they don't even know what they're supposed to do. How would you, what would be the first step that they should take? How would you direct them in that? To me, the first step, there, there's a, the, I use the word passion. There's a deep place in you that longs to do something, go somewhere, be with someone, et cetera. There's a deep place within you. And chances are that deep place at least gives you an idea of who you're supposed to be. There's also a perversion coming out of that passion. So when you look at it, it's like, okay, the, that deep passion isn't where God wants me to go. It's something God put me in there, so how do I get that turned around so that it's healthy, so that it's pointed in a God direction, partnering with God? And, and that's what all of this Pathways stuff has been about. It's, it's about how do you move from this not-so-healthy place or maybe even a very sick place to the place where God intends you to be.
Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.